and the county is working on purchasing property in downtown. Can you give us an update on this and what your vision is for the project? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, probably the most meaningful thing that we've been able to be a part of here early on. And uh, on the same day that our budget was approved, um, the purchase price of, of the the gateway or the golden gateway or Zares, depending on your age, you know, the site we're talking about is the, um, so that was approved uh, unanimously at the county commission, which I think also just speaks to where cross party lines across generations, you know, this commission and I, we got off to a bit of a rocky start. We're, we're seeing uh, a lot of the same through line to where we want to go and the investments we want to make. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Uh, what a difference a month makes. That was our county mayor, Weston Womp. Had a rocky start with the commission because he created that in his adversarial approach to local county politics. And then now, with this nonsense from the Pachyderm Club, which I'll spend an entire segment on, he's going completely the other direction. This is the Stone On Air Podcast. Thanks for joining the show on August 31st, 2023. Yes, yet another week of dealing with the backup um, setup here. Uh, quite frustrating. It's very difficult to monitor all this the way that I'm used to, but I'll push right on through and hopefully have all this together by uh, next week. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that uh, music down because it's just distracting more than it is anything else. So welcome into the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. My name is Brian Stone. Every Thursday is when you will find this show. Look at that. Boom. Snap your fingers and August is gone. I got my dates mixed up. If I said last week I was going to do a Moon River preview this week, which I think I did, uh, that's not going to happen this week because Moon River is next week. And with the sold-out festival, there's no reason to do it in advance. There's really probably no reason to do it at all, except it's kind of a mail-it-in. I already have next week's show basically done. I've got so much stacked up over here in the corner that I'm not going to get to today that I will likely stretch out on next week. None of it is overly um, that overly important. I don't know. I don't guess. You can be uh, the determiner of that. Sorry, turn that off. My bad. I don't feel like uh, starting and stopping this thing. It is late on record night. So let's uh, go ahead and lay things out. Pretty typical uh, layout this week. I'm going to talk about uh, Weston Womp in the second segment of the show. And then I'm going to talk about the uh, that Oliver Anthony dude. And I'm going to go back and forth. At some points, I like the guy. At some points, not as much. Who is that guy? I want to know. I wanted to know a little bit more about him, so I spent a few minutes on it. He'll also be part of the pieces of audio that I'll get for you here in about ten minutes from right now or so. And what I'm going to do today is um, what we, or I mean, many of us anyway, referred to in the industry as "read to you radio," and generally it is mostly frowned upon. Um, I have always thought it has its place and its time, just like anything in any uh, kind of entertainment uh, content you're putting together. But many of the people that would frown upon that would also then sit around and spend hours talking to Eric in uh, East Ridge and Bob in Buford and uh, Rick in Red Bank and uh, Orville in Ultawa or what other numbnut called up next on the crappy talk or sports station and uh, waste everybody's time. And um, that is as about as worthless as content as you can you can come up with. So it just depends, as I always say, on who you ask in this situation as well. And I wasn't able to get David Sharp on the county commissioner that Weston Womp went after right after a month ago on that audio, I don't, I can't remember what it's from, but it's here locally one month ago talking about how the commission's 
coming together. And then he goes and trashes uh, Dude and his district and the city of Red Bank, which just seemed so needless. So that'll be the second segment of the show. And, uh, and then again, Oliver Anthony in the final. And I will read quite a bit of things to you. I hope you don't mind. I like it because... Uh, other people can write better than I can. Other people can write better than I can articulate. And I actually do think I do a pretty good job of reading well-written pieces. Um, it's something I actually like to do. I've even kind of had this little minor in the back of my head thing to look into voiceover, uh, audiobook, uh, narration kind of stuff, because I do think I I can do it pretty well. Likely it's not something I'll ever do, but just I'm giving you a heads up as to why I'm doing what I'm doing today. So let's just start on list and go from there. Um, anybody who listens to this regularly knows, and if you happen to be semi-new or only around occasionally, the only politics I do on this show are local politics. This is a regional and more specifically Chattanooga-based uh, podcast. That's what this is. That's what I've just, the direction I've decided to go. And uh, then just general storytelling as well. Uh, But local politics, I'm going to spend a lot of time on, quite a bit of time on, because I'm interested in it, and I think it is very important to the community that you live in. If you're here for a two-year gig at Volkswagen until you move on to Michigan or, uh, you know, Huntsville or wherever else you're going for your next gig, well, then this town doesn't mean all that much to you. But a lot of us that have been here for forever, it means a lot. And um, at the age I'm at now, I know a lot of these people and um, they deserve to be defended or criticized depending on what the situation is. So um, the only thing I will say on a national level is after the booking and the circus and the entertainment, the the, uh, political entertainment complex that is uh, our entire lives in Georgia with the mugshot of Trump and then the stupid... Um, Nickelback photograph song holding the picture, and I'm the biggest Nickelback defender there is. I've been, and I don't truly really like them that much, but I have been defending that band for 20 years. They're not nearly as bad as everybody acts like they are. Um, but the with his picture on it, look at this photograph, and everybody's got it on there. Um, on their Instagram, I'm sure on the X, as it's called now, Twitter, on stories, it's not funny. It, there's nothing funny about any of this. Uh, it's not good what's going on here on any level in our national politics. Just like when the police officers in the the I said George Foreman, George Floyd um, up in Minnesota, and everybody who was so you know mad at the police were celebrating, celebrating. And I was I had a radio show at that time over at that uh, criminal enterprise Nuga Radio, and I said it then. There's nothing to celebrate here. This 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 is not a good situation. People's lives are being ruined. This is not time for celebration. This is time for um, sorrow. And while I hate Trump as much as anybody in this world does, and I believe everybody should, uh, you know, nothing here is good. And so I'll just, I'll leave it at that. It's a bad look. Hey, look how funny this is. First of all, it's not original. It's not creative. Everybody else is doing it. And just stop. Okay? Just enough already. Um, Oh, let's have some fun for a second here. Hopefully this will translate okay as I'm using this garbage here to work with today. The Atlanta Braves, it is magic number time. Let's see if this works. And may I see this storage facility? No. And why not, Mr. Beckman? Because you did not use the magic word. Every time we win, we peel a section. Hang on, it's coming. I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. What is the magic word, Mr. Beckman? Okay, well, I don't know what the magic word is, but the magic number to win the National League Eastern Division title is 18. As of record time today, they are playing right now as we speak. If they win tonight, it'll drop to 17. For those who don't know, which means you probably don't care, the magic number is the amount of numbers down of games left until you clinch the division. So any uh, combination of Philadelphia Phillies, they're the second-place team, losses, and Atlanta Braves wins, that number 
reaches zero and they're champions of the regular season Eastern Division. So you'll have to hear that for another couple of weeks, uh, likely. So sorry, not sorry. Uh, a few things here. So Blue Light was actually open on Friday. I spent a lot of time and energy on this last week. And while they didn't uh, come at me specifically, they clowned the overall media in the city. And um, they're just trolling at this point. Uh, the, the, the club had put on their Instagram and Facebook uh, status. It's complicated in just big block lettering that same week, uh, last week, when the reports were that the, the club, the bar, was shutting down. And there was another status update that said, uh, keep them guessing, big block lettering. And then, hey, idiots, of course, media gets it wrong. We're open tonight. Well, um, they were open on that Friday. And I actually talked to people from the beer board, the chair of the beer board, this past weekend on Saturday. And there's nobody really knows what's going on because the beer board is while they are a, um, I don't know what you how you would consider it. They're not really a governing. I guess they are a governing entity of sorts, but they're not law enforcement. They can't, you know, they can't investigate. They or I guess I mean unless they just take it upon themselves, which I think would would probably be frowned upon if you were a member of the uh, beer board. It is a voluntary um, position. I didn't know that until this past weekend. Uh, so I don't know what's going on with the blue light. I don't think they've been open since the one time they were open on Friday, but they are not answering phone calls or texts. Now, I don't have any of those phone numbers. I don't know how to get a hold of uh, Brian Joyce. Well, actually, <laughs> take that back. I do. I do have his phone number, um, unless he's changed it in the last you know five or six years, which most of us don't do that. But point is, he's not going to respond to it anyway, and I wouldn't dare uh, try to to contact him directly myself as our uh, hatred for each other is quite uh, clear and out in the open. But um, he, he's not answering questions and, um, and being very cryptic and being quite, you know, frankly, totally immature and asshole-ish about it, which is pretty much right on brand with what this guy does and how he operates. So uh, are they closed for good? I don't know, but they're going to continue to troll all of us as much as they possibly can. Uh, the uh, tropical storm is it? I don't. I didn't write it down. It starts with an I. Ida, Ida, India, Idea, whatever the hell it is, down in Florida. Hope everybody's fine. Couldn't care less about the state of Florida all that much. Place kind of disgusts me, but it's not going to get us with anything other than cooler and uh, drier air and uh, and and dry, no rain here for about a week. So. If that's what it takes to get some good weather around here, call me an asshole if you want, but that makes me happy. Um, so on Twitter, or X as it's called, uh, it was trending today, McConnell, and uh, he's 81. And Mitch McConnell has now done another one of those very, really scary kind of moments where he just kind of loses it and spaces out, and it's like he's not, he's like disassociated. Um He's 81 years old. And Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden, uh, Don Trump, and others uh, find what's her name? Feinstein in the Senate. She's like 90 something. But those three in particular, like seven, eight years ago, they were old, but they were still somewhat together. Now, Joe's obviously losing it pretty bad and has been for a while. McConnell has gone downhill super fast. That guy looks like he needs to be in a nursing home. Um, and then Trump, finally, who is the Energizer Bunny in all of these, he actually looks old and sounds old these days, too. This is insanity. This is freaking insanity. McConnell got into the, to, to the Senate in 1985. 1985. That's insane. This is nuts. Why won't these people retire just retire. Joe, call it a day. Just call it a career. 50 plus years for Biden. 40 
almost now years in the Senate. Hell, McConnell worked for Gerald Ford as the assistant attorney general, if I'm remembering correctly from my quick uh, Googling around today. He worked in the 70s on the Gerald Ford administration. Go home. Go away. Enough. I know why Trump won't stop. Because, well, that's just what he is. And this is a crusade that will never end. It will, won't die and end with Trump either. It'll be his minions and picked up by his sons and, and his surrogates and his proxies and everything else. But I said I wasn't going to do politics. And there I just spent like two or three minutes on it, even though it really wasn't. Just retire. It's all I'm saying. All right. That's enough for right now. Let's do this. I have four of these now. I wouldn't do this one had I knew, known I was going to have four going into it. But since I already pulled it. Uh, I'll go ahead and do it. This is today's dumbest thing. This is something from TikTok that's just supposed to be funny. Uh, I don't know if it is, but it kind of is. Today's dumbest thing. The only reason why you're not rich like corporations and celebrities is because you're ignorant and can't be trusted with money. I'm the finance fear. I'm your personal finance leader. The system is perfect. You are the problem. I can change that. Let me condescend to you for a second. Let's take saving for retirement. All you have to do is save $5,000 a year, which is like nothing to every single person living in the United States of America. That $5,000 compounded at 8% over 50 years comes out to over $3 million. Here's the best part. That 8% return is guaranteed by American free market capitalism. That 3 million is gonna have the exact same buying power as it does now. Just look at the history of the dollar. Retiring rich isn't hard. Just work for 50 years straight without ever losing your job, getting hurt or sick, helping a family member, having kids, taking on debt, or making one single mistake. And remember what the finance viewer says, the economy only grows, it never shrinks. Nothing bad happens ever. Follow me for more finance tips. I guess I should have prefaced it with saying this would be like a Dave Ramsey type, a guy who gets on there and matter-of-factly waves his finger at, pe finger at people and says, why can't you do this too? Um, I have often talked about how finances are not nearly as difficult as we act like they are, but making lots of money and saving lots of money is difficult just in the sense of actually doing it. The, you know, conceptually, it's not hard. The, rea the reality of it is a little more difficult. All right, so this is a little more, um, I guess, political somewhat in nature as well. I A couple of things, well, only one I'll say for now. I'll save a couple of the other ones for another day. Um, something I will never apologize for, healthcare for profit is wrong. It's wrong. It's not good. It's not good for America. It's not good for the world. It's not good for people. It's not, it's, 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 borderline evil healthcare for profit is wrong and this is a healthcare worker who had a long rant on one of the socials and i grabbed two of them this is part one of today's worst idea it is virtually impossible to be a ethical healthcare worker in this extremely unethical healthcare system but more so than anything else i know in my heart that there is no way shape or form that we improve our society as a whole without completely dismantling for-profit health care you need to understand is that when you defund social programs it all ends up in the er when you defund senior care when you defund psychiatric care when you defund shelters, whether it's homeless shelters, woman shelters, when you defund the safety nets that our society needs to prevent people from beginning a crisis downward spiral, they end up in the ER. And simply put, ER workers and hospital workers are already at their fucking wit's end. We cannot act as a catch-all for every single issue in society, and yet here we are doing it. A lot of this stuff is going to kind of all have a little connective tissue here and there. Social safety nets are good. Welfare is good for a functioning society to be the greatest country in the world, the greatest nation on the planet. We have to take care of our sick and our poor and our elderly, and these are not major strains on our econo uh, economic system. They're just not. That's what makes portions of that Oliver Anthony song so freaking stupid. Demo a version of Democrat Democratic socialism is affordable. It is okay. It is completely doable. And uh, anybody who says otherwise is wrong. Sorry, I'm just going to be that blunt about it. We just spent $250 million more, which is like five cents in the overall budget. But just yesterday, to Ukraine, a bunch of uh, gun 
guns and ammo and tanks and whatever the hell else. We got hundreds of millions and billions of dollars to send over to a country nobody can pick up off of a pick off of a map, but we don't have money to take care of sick people in America. Stop. Just enough, enough, no more. Here's part two of today's worst idea. We need to fund proper safety nets for our society. In this country, if you lose your job, you lose your health insurance, you potentially lose all of your income, which means you're not going to be able to pay rent. Well, then what happens if you get sick? Do you see what I'm saying? We don't have safety nets for our poor in this country. We have a greased chute. And at the very bottom of that greased chute of poverty is a trip to your local emergency room because everything ends up in the ER. And then we have nowhere to place people. We have no way to help people. And so people in that position get frustrated because they feel like they can't fucking do anything and they're being expected to have the answers for a very fucked up system. An ambulance ride is like $10,000. Going to the ER is just absurd amounts of money billed by the insurance company that then buries people. I'm not telling you anything you don't probably already know. But enough of this we can't take care of people and can't take care of our uh, health care in this country because who's going to pay for it? We are. We're going to pay for it. That's who. All right, sorry. And um, real quick, the coolest thing is actually uh, Oliver Anthony. I'm disappointed to see, like, it's aggravating seeing people on conservative news try to identify with me like I'm one of them. It's aggravating seeing certain musicians and politicians act like we're buddies and and act like we're fighting the same struggle here, like that we're trying to present the same message. Uh, it seems like certain people want to just ride the attention of this song to maybe make them their own selves relevant, and that's aggravating as hell. The other thing that I find aggravating is, uh, you know, like, it was funny seeing my song in the, it was funny seeing it at the presidential debate. Because it's like, I wrote that song about those people, you know? So for them to have to sit there and listen to that, uh, that cracks me up. <laughs> uh, but it was funny kind of seeing the response to it. Like, that song has nothing to do with Joe Biden, you know? It's a lot bigger than Joe Biden. Um, that song's written about the people on the on that stage, and a lot more, too. Not just them, but, but definitely them. Well, it would have been a lot better if you wrote a better song um, to articulate that and didn't uh, make fun of short, fat people. That would have been... A, a little bit better of an idea. Anyway, I'll come back to that in the third segment. I'll, you know, this is going to be kind of back and forth. Like the guy, not so much, depending on uh, where it goes. This is uh, one of his uh, tunes that's got millions of uh, spins on Spotify called Ain't Got a Dollar. Asshole Weston Womp is at it again, and his adversarial approach to politics is pretty gross, and it's clear he's never going to stop doing it. This time he goes after the city of Red Bank and the county commissioner of primarily that area, uh, David Sharp. And I'll spend the next segment unfolding that coming up next. Well, the rain could be pouring, or the sun shining down. Long as my old truck still fires on up in those crops growing in the ground. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. It's been a wild experience. And I, you know, I share with people a lot that, um, like on the campaign trail, I would often refer to myself as an outsider of county government. And people who knew our family or knew my dad might assume that I knew more about what I was getting into than I did. And so for the first time in the county's modern history, not just me, but a lot of the people who I brought into our team, we're from outside of county government. We don't know the traditions, we don't know the way that things have operated, and uh, there's some challenge in that and then a ton of opportunity. And so even just to be exposed on a day-to-day -day basis, and now I, I suppose engulfed in the operations of local government. That's real exhilarating because I was used growing up to politics in a pretty dysfunctional environment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's gotten worse in Washington, but also where it takes years to steer the ship ever so slightly. 
Whereas, you know, probably the most exciting thing about our, our day to day is that you can make a difference when you identify a problem or an opportunity. You can make a difference by the end of the day if you're trying hard. And so I think that's, that's probably the exhilarating uh, part of our job. And I mean, overall, he's not wrong. But it's not that he doesn't know the traditions of county government. It's that he doesn't care about them. This is Southern Culture on the Skids. I uh, didn't make it to the show. I don't have time to get into that one right now. So, this is the same guy, if you remember, or if you don't, just a quick refresher or uh, just a history lesson here. It was, hell, I guess damn near 10 years ago, he he gets caught trying to, re- or recording Scotty Mayfield as he was one of three, it was Mayfield, it was Weston Womp at like 26 years old, barely just old enough to be eligible to be uh, in Congress, and uh, Chuck Fleischman, the incumbent, and he, re- he was recording um Mayfield I wish I remembered well enough to tell you the story as to what it was if if you were around then then you remember at least at least the basics of it uh, I, I he I, he says it wasn't a blackmail kind of thing it certainly felt like it probably was um Weston has needed a to, a lot of growing up to do he's a really sharp guy and I've been around him a lot. I, uh, I, I'm not going to call him a friend because he's certainly not my friend, but he is uh, an acquaintance that I would like to think would return a text or a call. We'll see. I've been pretty critical for a while and I have a feeling I'll, I'll stay that way. But that was a really bad moment for him during that. He ran for uh, the congressional seat here, the third district, twice in, uh, in a primary, lost both times, narrowly, narrowly lost both times. He is dying to be in politics, and I voted for the guy uh, for for mayor, and it, that was just an indictment on how awful the candidates were. I st- every time I think about it, I get closer to thinking I probably should have voted for Matt Hollander, or maybe just not voted at all. I don't know. Also, don't have time to reset all of that. Uh, but some of this uh, from this Times Free Press piece from David Floyd. Uh, will kind of speak to to that uh, primary process here in just a minute. So what Weston has done here is he's basically he's just trashing in Trump style in the new world order of rhetoric in politics at the Pachyderm Club to a room full of, of, you know, his cronies that um, Red Bank is just garbage, (laughs) basically, and that just doesn't appear to be true. Um, I'm very familiar with this entire city. I have lived. I've lived in Red Bank. Uh, it was 22 years ago, 21 years ago. My one of my very first apartments, or uh, very first places I lived on my own. It wasn't like an apartment complex. It was some like little triplex kind of thing. It was so long ago, I barely remember it. But I did live there for a little bit because it was close to the radio station. And so I, I'm very familiar with all the suburbs of this city and, and the surrounding counties and all of Hamilton County. And Red Bank's never seemed to be all that awful to me. And hell, I live in East Ridge. If you want to start trashing places, this is this is a good place to start. Uh, Exit one and all that development's doing really well. But this is a uh, you know a long road of a city, basically all of just Highway 41, Ringgold Road from the tunnels to. Uh, to Georgia, to I-75, that, that's East Ridge. And if you wanted to start trashing somewhere, as I said, this is a good place to start. But he didn't start here. He started in Red Bank because he doesn't like David Sharp. I know David Sharp pretty well um, uh, from a professional level. He worked for Big River as a brewer when I was doing fill-in talk stuff, I want to say in like 2005, 2006, something like that. And I was filling in, and he came in to plug the Brewers Festival, and I just happened to be there, and I met him then, and we've had a uh, a cordial, hey, how's it going relationship ever since, and he has been on the county commission, district, I think it's District 6, you'll have to maybe double check me on that, but primarily most of Red Bank and other areas of the city, uh, of, of the county, I should say, 
is his the area that he represents, and he is a very proud Democrat. He is um, he makes me look like much more of a, a right, middle, moderate, right leaning leftist type. Um, I would guess that David is my age. He could be a year or two older. He could be a year or two younger. Weston is right around 36 or so years old. And no matter what Weston says, adversarial politics is just in his DNA. It's in his blood. It's it's what he grew up learning under his father as uh, the third congressional district uh, representative for, tw- what, 20 years or so? Throughout my entire life as a late teen, 20, 30-something. Um, so he's at the Pachyderm Club, and I'm just going to read some of this from the Times Free Press. The uh, subheadline is, Mayor Womp calls town of Red Bank an unmitigated disaster, criticizes its county commissioner. Quote from Weston, for the first time, the county commission is at risk on any given Wednesday of being completely distracted, if not taken over by a single obstructionist with a partisan agenda, Womp told dozens of Republicans at the Pachyderm Club. He never says David Sharp's name, but everybody knows who he is talking about. Red Bank is an unmitigated disaster, said Womp. A lot of good people live there. There's some nice humble bragging going on here, too. My grandma is a 1957 homecoming queen at Red Bank High School. Her husband was a starting quarterback. I grew up at Red Bank Baptist. Anybody want to take over-under bets on how many times he actually attended Red Bank Baptist? Some of the best people in our community are in Red Bank, Tennessee. But wait for it. Here comes the but. Continue from Womp. A small group of people, they took over Red Bank and have run it completely into a ditch. It just so happens the single obstructionist who we end up dealing with so often is a Red Bank guy politically aligned and ideologically aligned with that bunch. He continues, what you see in Red Bank is kind of a left-wing regime that's taking charge, and that's now beginning to speak into county issues. Red Bank is not the town that I grew up in and around. It is an example of what happens if conservative leadership goes on autopilot and turns the keys over to progressives. The city responses first from Pete Phillips, Red Bank commissioner, quote, all that is inflammatory rhetoric. First off, define woke. Let's hear that. If you can't define it in a sentence, and shut up about it. He has no right to talk about what our city has at all. Adding that Womp has not attended a Red Bank City Commission meeting or a work session. A Vice Mayor Stephanie Dalton in an email says that it's easy and lazy to throw around words like progressive, woke, and conservative to try to cater to people. She goes on to talk about the businesses that they've um, that they've had come to town, permit costs going down, removal of distance restrictions, amending sign ordinances. Are these all things that Weston Womp is against, is her point. Uh, her, her, she goes on to talk about the funding of the police and fire departments. Um, she continues, I wish that instead of spewing absurd comments at his fellow elected colleagues in Red Bank, he would attempt in any way to visit our city and sit down with us to find out how we can all work together for a better Hamilton County. It's times like this that I especially miss former Mayor Jim Coppinger's leadership. Another commissioner from Red Bank, Hayes Wilkinson, says, Mayor Womp seems to be playing into some pretty heavy partisan politics when speaking to the Pachyderm Club. He continues, this was an email to the TFP, I'd like to point out to him that all my peers on the commission in Red Bank were elected as non-partisans. And one of the biggest things that Weston was talking about, it was the 50% increase in property taxes Uh, that they give all the reasons as to where all this money is going and how it has helped the city of Red Bank. I can't tell you whether that's right or true or right or wrong or factual or not. He says this county commissioner, (coughs) excuse me, this county commissioner still leaves Red Bank's tax rate at 33% lower than the city of Chattanooga. And I reached out to David Sharp and asked him to come on, and he did respond to me. And he is a Mr. Mom. Um, the, uh, the county commission seats are part-time gigs. They pay, last I checked and last I knew, about $26,000 a year. 
And his wife is the breadwinner in that family and has been for a long time. I, I, I think that's true. If it's not anymore, I don't know if that's – I'm not saying it's good, bad, or anything. I'm just saying that's what it is. And the reason I say that is part of the text was, dude, I got to pick up my kids at this time. I got to go to a meeting at this time. If I can work in getting on with you, I'd love to do it, but I'm not sure. And basically, at, when it was all said and done – and the dust settled. We weren't going to be able to do it. And I'm I'm not sure. I've never I haven't interviewed David Sharp as a uh, politician before, so I'm not sure what he would or wouldn't say. I would love to know what his relationship is with Weston and how he feels about it. Whether he would tell me, I don't know. What his relationship was with uh, Mayor Coppinger, former mayor. I'd like to know that. I have a feeling he would tell me that. Um, he did say uh, through text that it was open ended that we can still do this. At another time, but from te- uh, from Sharp that he uh, sent to the Times Free Press, quote, obstructing unethical behavior in the interest of a better county government is not something I will apologize for. Frankly, the mayor needs to take a hard look in the mirror. He has obstructed job growth, better government and better schools ever since the moment he took office. That is a quote from County Commissioner David Sharp. A real quick history lesson to Red Bank. It has just shy of 12,000 people in it as of the last census, originally known as Pleasant Hill in 1881. When it was founded, the name Red Bank was chosen by the wife of the first postmaster. His name was George Hartman. It was inspired by the Red Clay Ridge that was visible from a window in her house. In 1955, the communities of Red Bank and White Oak incorporated as a single city called Red Bank White Oak. In 1966, the city dropped the uh, White Oak for simplification purposes. 80% white, in case you wondered, has a city, uh, excuse me, has a council manager form of government with five elected commissioners. It actually sounds quite similar to the way East Ridge uh, works politically, but not its constituents, not at all. It is basically 50-50. The Republican and Democrat vote in presidential elections of the last four are right around 50% each. In 2020, just a little bit more Democrat. In 16, 12, and 8, about 7 or 8 points more Republicans. So very much a purple uh, area of the city of Chattanooga and suburban areas. Few things here now, opinions and responses to that I will read to you, and then we'll have some fun with Reddit. That's always the best place to get people's thoughts. This is from C. Mark Warren. You see his billboards all over town. He's an attorney. He writes an op-ed into the Chattanooga. WAP won't stop running. Like his talented father before him, Weston Womp will always be running for higher office. Even after Womp is elected, he is still running for higher office. Instead of governing, he is picking fights. In his first 30 days in office, he picked a fight with the county attorney. And now Mayor Womp has picked a fight with the Red Bank community, their mayor, and an individual county commissioner. This needless bickering has replaced his responsibility to actually govern. I can't help but notice the stark difference between Mayor Coppinger and Mayor Womp. One grew our economy while giving credit to others, while Mayor Womp chooses to disrupt and criticize others. One man is a selfless leader. The other man seeks only the spotlight. That spotlight is important if you are constantly running for another public office instead of doing the job that you were elected to. Opinion, County Mayor Weston Womp's attacks on Red Bank is misguided. This is from Rachel Campbell. She is, who the hell is she? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, okay, there it is. She is the chair of the Hamilton County Democratic Party. Quote, I think he's using Red Bank as a red herring to draw attention away from his complete lack of leadership, lack of experience, and lack of maturity, which are all governing features of his that lead to a real instability in county government. The author of this piece opines Campbell finds his attacks on Democrats especially disingenuous since he catered to the left to get votes in the 2022 Hamilton County mayoral primary election. And that is exactly what happened. And then the Tennessee Republican chair and party and and board members or whatever they're called lost their bleep over that because it wasn't a bona fide uh, voting base. And it was uh, they were using all the, the typical rhetoric that comes from the political entertainment national complex. 
Campbell continues here, quote, Young Womp has been learning the game of politics in D- in the D.C. swamp, but this is Hamilton County. We don't need that sort of mindset here. He needs to figure out how to play nicely with the grown-ups in the room or else any hopes of his legacy building in Hamilton County will be in the ditch. Womp's use of the, and this is back to the, uh, the opinion uh, of the person who wrote this, Womp's use of woke is particularly disappointing and childish. The mere utterance of woke puts Womp in a class of politicians who are not original or who don't care to focus on what's important to voters. A uh, poll from the Chattanooga Times Free Press is, how would you rate Weston Womp's first year as a mayor? Now, I don't like online polls. They're very uh, annoying usually, but this is great, good, fair, poor. 75% says poor. From the comment section of the Facebook page of the Chattanooga Times Free Press, just a couple of them. Sam Blevins, a longtime uh, video TV uh, broadcaster guy who I now think is working in the Carolinas, very familiar with the with the city here, says, What I will say as someone who actually grew up in Red Bank is that Red Bank is in a much better spot than it was 15 years ago. I know. I was there. I've never seen a commission board be this involved in the town, and I've never seen residents be this engaged in what is going on. If Red Bank is such a disaster as he claims, then why are people wanting to move to Red Bank? Why are businesses coming? And why are real estate mar- is our real estate market booming? Another comment, Womp, Hamilton County is not red, not blue, it is purple. Almost half the people in this county are Democrat. You, re- you re- represent all of the people living in this county. Start acting like it. Another one is, this is just clickbait and Womp really looks partisan and divisive. We all saw how Republicans went after David Sharp and his re-election in the most disgusting way. Then David went on to a landslide victory. And yeah, let's be done with that as everything is running a little bit late. Let's go to Reddit because it's the most fun. Uh, a bunch of things here, a long list of all the accomplishments that have been going on in Red Bank recently. I can't confirm nor deny any of them, so I won't read them. Um, the woke agenda is improving the city. Just another silver spoon fed baby that whines like a bitch when he can't get what he wants. A partisan agenda to what? Actually helping the people? It's really hard for these rich bastards to understand that some people just want help. God forbid your tax dollars go to things you need. Higher pay for firefighters, trash service, and great parks. But yeah, that's socialism. Fuck us, right? Another one reads, What did we all do in a past life to be cursed with this family of grifters? Why can't they do us a favor and pack up his giant forehead and his sister's fake eyelashes and kindly piss off? This one says simply, fuck you, Weston. Sincerely, Red Bank. Uh, Run Red Bank into a ditch? Guy thinks he's Hamilton County's little Trump. His tactics are absolutely Trumpian. He's literally accusing the other side of doing what he's doing. Our county mayor coming out and calling a desirable and growing neighborhood an unmitigated disaster is just so completely uncalled for. The Womps are the plague here. The unmitigated disaster unfolding is in Hamilton County. Another Reddit post, such a loser. Womp sounds like a political hack. Reddit user Aluminum Disc says, look at that Nepo baby doing Nepo baby things. It's adorable. Kind of funny. I mean, technically, Red Bank is a ditch. He's not wrong. Such an inspiring example of leadership. Name calling, not a constructive plan for improvement, but a full-on attack saying a whole town is a disaster. And the guy that I can't get along with, yeah, well, it's his fault. Uh, let's see. Read the article. I'm not sure what he's actually complaining about. Can he name one actual thing that has happened that is bad for Red Bank? No, because he hasn't done that that's not part of the playbook it's just meaningless sounds he says the five buzzwords that everyone knows means quote be mad now and the dummies just not along it's so stupid and then the final at least the final two uh final three camera ho boy wonder just can't help himself Oh, go fuck your sister and leave Red Bank alone, you dork. 
And the final one. I'm surprised he got his dick out of his own mouth long enough to actually make a statement. And that is all I and others from Reddit and the Chattanooga Times Free Press and other commenters from Facebook and otherwise have to say about that. A little bit more on some of these things already are being kind of discussed on this show today and a little more of who is this Oliver Anthony guy. And I'll talk about that and wrap up the final podcast of August 23, the final day of this month, as a matter of fact, coming up next. You got a dime, he's got a dollar, he's the king of corn and porn from way back in the holler. They call him the king of mountain, a blue red businessman. He's an independent contractor, doing the best that he can. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stone on Air. Do you know the story of Oliver Anthony? Do you know who Oliver Anthony? Is? No, I don't. He's this guy who was the number one song in the country, and uh, he recorded it in his backyard. In is this Virginia. the red-haired kid we're talking? Yes. About? Oh yeah. So this guy gave himself to Christ like 30 days ago, and wow. and was having all sorts of problems with substance abuse and the normal chaos, and he hit rock bottom, and uh, and like. I don't. I don't want to speak for him. I don't know what he actually said, but it was something to the tune of "Please God, if you can straighten my life, if you can just straighten my life out, I will. I will dedicate myself to you, and I will, I'll be on the right track." And then thirty days later, he, wow, he's clean and he hits with this insane song. Do you know the song? Yeah, yeah. Play that song, Jamie, because this song is insane. Okay, well, I'm not gonna play that song. I'm gonna play this one. Right. Song is called I don't know I've Gotta Get gonna Sober. But it ain't gonna happen tonight. And that was Joe Rogan, Going of course. And I don't think that story is exactly Till it. But the the thing about this dude is that the mystery tomorrow, of it is part of the down, whole story. I'll be I Listen to it for a sober. second. tell if that like that cicada sound is added or if that's actually in the woods i don't believe all this stuff is actually just recorded on a phone from the pain that the world's put on me but some of his music sounds just fine and and i and it's the kind of stuff that a lot of times i like but that rich men north of Richmond song just fell so flat. I spent a long time on it before. I won't spend any more time on it today, specifically to that one song, at least not much anyway. And where a lot of this started, where his that audio earlier, the coolest thing, was him just sitting in his truck on a, on a rainy-ass day. Uh, he was referencing that they had, for some reason, this was one of the questions at the Republican debate the other week last week last wednesday i guess it was the fox news anchor that was one of the two that were hosting it or moderating it is it brett bayer it's b-a-i-e-r i'm gonna go with bayer i don't know i don't know what his name is i know what he looks like but that's it um this thing's this piece says uh he thinks the lyrics were about someone other than him he makes 14 million dollars a year and lived in washington dc up until last year he recently purchased a 37 million dollar home in palm beach uh, this is from actually I forgot. This is from one of my favorites, uh, uh, Steve Schmidt. He is the he was formerly the campaign manager for John McCain back in 2008. And when talking about bringing up this question at the debate, the basis of the question wasn't the novelty of a songwriter singing with emotional renaissance about the current moment. Rather, it was an appetite of a predatory demagogue looking for a cheap high from a cheap hit in the conflict game. That is like fentanyl for the division pushers, looking to poison our civics for their power. It's a sick game, and Anthony should be applauded for calling it out. Washington, Washington D.C. is a city where the pharmaceutical industry spent $300 million on lobbying last year. It is the place where the Saudis register their agents in PR flax. 
It is the place where the media worldview is shaped, the narrative our, of our times is written, where the powerful are richer than ever, and the rich are more powerful than ever. It is the most corrupt city in America, in one of the most corrupt eras in American history. It is an outrage that five of the ten wealthiest counties in America ring the beltway, where the most prolific politicians and human civilization have run up the debt to $31 trillion. It is a place where being scoundrelly is virtuous, and the virtuous are seemingly absent. Everywhere there is a sleight of hand that works against the public interest. Perhaps that is what he was singing about. I looked for several different sources to get more information on this guy. Taste of Country, AmericanSongwriter.com. CNN, Rolling Stone, MusicMayhemMagazine.com. The biggest story written on him was from the Free Press, thefp.com. It had a paywall, so I couldn't get the uh, probably the most uh, biographical article that was written about him. I, I couldn't get to. This is from a wiki page that he didn't have probably just about a week ago. Anthony had been struggling with mental health issues and alcohol abuse for five years. And according to Twitter user Jason Howard Howerton, who had interviewed him, I think that's the guy from thetfp.com, in July 23, Anthony broke down and promised God that he would get sober if he helped him follow his dream. Around 30 days later, West Virginia music channel Radio WV asked him to record a song for its YouTube music channel, and the result was Richmond North of Richmond. And then it's got a few more things here that uh, I won't go all the way into. As of August 23, Anthony lived with his wife and two children in a $750 camper on an off-the-grid property where he said he intends to raise livestock. Uh, from what we've read, many of us who have looked, it's 90 acres somewhere in Virginia that he purchased in 2019. Um, this is what I don't understand with this guy, is he keeps saying that he doesn't want any of this attention, and he doesn't want any fame, and he doesn't want any money. I mean, I'm going to read his exact words from his Facebook post in the last couple of weeks, and I, I, I don't understand him. I don't, I don't understand what his points are. His song started off good, but then he started hating on short, fat people, which seems weird. Um, this is a long-winded, two-and-a-half-page post, and a lot of it I have highlighted here, so bear with me. I'm going to read this, comment on it, and then wrap up today's show. This is from Oliver Anthony Music's Facebook page. People in the music industry give me blank stares when I brush off $8 million offers. I don't want six tour buses, 15 tractor trailers, and a jet. I don't want to play stadium shows. I don't want to be in the spotlight. Who's offering this guy $8 million? And what would he have any use for six tour buses and 15 tractor trailers? Who the hell does this guy think he is? Garth Brooks? He doesn't even have a band. There are not $8 million offers. There's a lot of fake stuff out there. A lot of the numb nuts I've seen on Facebook and, and X, Twitter, there was one going around saying he had turned down the opportunity to play at the Super Bowl, which would be next year in, in February. There's not been an, a, an offer to play the Super Bowl to Oliver Anthony. That's not true. Um, that's just odd in itself. Jump down a little bit here. His, his name is actually Ant, uh, Christopher Anthony Lunsford. Uh, his grandfather's name was Oliver Anthony, and that's the stage name that he uses. In 2010, I dropped out of high school at age 17. I have a GED from Spruce Pine, North Carolina. I worked multiple plant jobs in Western North Carolina, my last being at the paper mill in McDonald County. I worked third shift, six days a week, for $14.50 an hour in a living hell. In 2013, I had a bad fall at work and fractured my skull. It forced me to move back home to Virginia. Due to complications from the injury, it took me six months or more before I could work again. From 2014 until just a few days ago, 
I've worked outside sales in the industrial manufacturing world. My job has taken me all over Virginia and into the Carolinas, getting to know tens of thousands of other blue-collar workers on job sites and, and in factories. I've spent all day, every day, for the past 10 years hearing the same story. People are so damn tired of being neglected, divided, and manipulated. No arguments there. You know, no questionable uh, 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 thoughts there, if you're asking me. In 2019, I paid $97,500 for the property that I live on and still owe about $60,000 on it. I am living in a 27-foot, I guess that what does that mean? Yeah, 27-foot camper with a tarp on the roof that I got off Craigslist for $750. Now, earlier I just mentioned he has two kids and a wife. All right? Let's... You don't want $8 million, bro? Fine. If we're all going to believe that, you've been offered $8 million, you turned it down. How about just start with, oh, I don't know, 8000 Play the, the county fair for crying out loud and get your, your damn kids and wife a, a, a suitable place to live and not covered with a tarp. I don't know what kind of point this guy is trying to make. Maybe he is just completely mentally ill and doesn't understand how to provide for his family. I'm not meaning to make fun of somebody if that is the case, but this doesn't make sense to me. Back to his Facebook post and his words. There's nothing special about me. I'm not a good musician. I'm not a very good person. I've spent the last five years struggling with mental health and using alcohol to drown it. I am sad to see the world in the state that it's in with everyone fighting with each other. I have spent many nights feeling hopeless that the greatest country on earth is quickly fading away. A lot of that I can completely identify with. Here's an idea, brah. You've got all these opportunities to make all this money. Go do it. And then be a philanthropist and give it away. And to help the poor in your community, in Richmond and the surrounding areas. Jesus Christ, if nothing else, at least help your family, your children, and your wife. But based on the paragraph of the plight of all the working men that you have experienced in your travels over the last 10 years, help them do good. You have a, an enormous opportunity here. You have a platform that people dream of having. Do something with it. Do something good with it. The last little bit here. That being said, I hate the way the internet has divided all of us. The internet is a parasite that infects the minds of humans and has their way with them. Hours wasted, goals forgotten, loved ones sitting in houses with each other, distracted all day by technology made by the hands of other poor souls in sweatshops in a foreign land. Again, nothing to argue with there. Now, you are using Spotify. You are Your music is getting to everybody's eyes and ears via these sweatshop-produced devices, these computers we carry around in our hand. Yeah, it's kind of the way we do business. Go make money. Go do good. Go help. Back to it. When is enough enough? When are we going to fight for what is right again? Millions have died protecting the liberties we have. Freedom of speech is such a precious gift. Never in world history has the world had the freedom it currently does. Don't let them take it away from you. They're not taking away your freedom, dude. They're not. Who's they? And finally, from Oliver Anthony Music's Facebook page, just like those once wandering in the desert, we have lost our way from God and have let false idols distract us and divide us. It's a damn shame, says the guy who makes fun of short, fat people eating fudge rounds. The guy's messages are so mixed, and it might be from his head injury. It might be from his substance abuse over the years. But I am to believe that two months ago, this guy was a uh, an addicted, substance-addicted mess, alcohol and others, and one day spoke to God, and within a month is a national sensation who is so concerned about his fellow man that he will not accept any kind of monetary compensation for this gift that he has been given from what I'm being told from God 
and will not help others with it. Come on, man. Get your message together. (laughs) Make more sense. And I will listen. I'm here to listen. I am here to cheerlead. But if you're not going to help yourself and doesn't appear that you want to help others either, then why should I listen? Why should I care what this guy has to say? And I'll end it right there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Every Thursday is when you can find it. It'll be September. We'll take a look at Moon River next week and uh, probably just run through the stack of stuff here that I've been uh, just piling up. And um, whatever happens between now and then, you never, ever know what's going to happen from one day to the next. Y'all have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. See you later. Bye. I gotta get sober. I gotta start living right. And I don't know how it's gonna go, but it ain't gonna happen tonight. So pour them down strong till I drown. And if I wake up tomorrow when that sun comes back around, I'll be wishing I was sober.